Welcome back to another episode of Relatable Chapters. In this episode, we are joined by Reese McLaughlin. Reese and I go way back to Intermediate and Hamilton Boys High School, where we shared a few classes and played in a few sports teams together. The way Reese has navigated his 20s so far is far from that of the stupid blueprint of life. We start off the yarn with his five years in university for a three-year piece of paper that means sweet fuck all to him. Followed with a couple of stints in two completely different careers, working for friends to be eventually made redundant just before Christmas. Nowadays, you'll find Reese soaking in the sun with a coffee or beer in hand, telling you it's for business, otherwise boosting around the Waikato slapping sold signs up. He is now a real estate agent in the Waikato for Baileys, so if you need your house sold, go find him on socials. This conversation also touches on people-pleasing and why this can be detrimental, the need to feel in control, the fear of letting people down, and the importance of generosity. Don't forget to click the follow button and give the potty a five-star review. Episode snippets and more can be found on the Instagram account, Relatable Chapters. You're more than welcome to flip through some feedback or even potential guests. Check out the TikTok account as well. I hope you benefit from listening to this episode. Let's get into it. Reese, mate, how's it going? Good, good. The sun's shining. We're in the mighty Tron. Can't really complain. Are you an ambassador? No. Mate, no. I'm off to Melbourne next Wednesday. I'm hanging out for it. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. Is that for your birthday? Just had your birthday yesterday? Nah, another hockey tournament. Going to put myself through another week of torture to so run around with some friends. Yeah, you just found out what, your tournament last week. You're pretty sore today. Yeah. And yep. you're doing um, some sort of step challenge with work. Doing the that, step that challenge. That must have been pretty good. Oh, mate, hockey, hockey I'm, I'm so sore. I did ice baths for the first time since I was like 13. Every day, <laughs> 8 o'clock at night, we'd get home and I'm straight on the ice bath. And it worked until I didn't do my one after Friday and then Sunday was a whole lot of pain. Yeah? Yeah. I've, How did you do your ice bath? I um, had an old freezer that died, so I turned it actually into an ice bath. So I can yeah. do it. It was a treat. Had a so little step. done it properly, yeah. Did it properly. Now I've just thrown it out. So. <laughs> yes, it's easy, eh? Um, Because I've done it before... Yeah, probably like chest freezer, and as well trying to do bags of ice. Yeah. Fuck bags of ice are expensive these days. Yeah. It's like $6 a bag. Yeah, I'm lucky enough I had an ice machine, so I just turned that on and just kept filling oh, it up. Oh, fucking hell. And the, the freezer actually worked a little bit, so like you could turn it on and it would keep yeah, it cold. Yeah, maintain it a little yeah. bit. Um, We'll start off with three things you're grateful for today. Mate, the sun. I've got a job, um, and that I can actually get out and go for a walk at 6am in the morning. There's a lot of people who can't. As yeah. much as it hurt, but I did it. Fuck, fair, cool. Um, yeah, since we're in the Tron, uh, I'm grateful for the yoga I have here, RF Studios. I'm grateful for the gym membership I have over here as well. Um, and I'm grateful to be able to come home. Uh, this is my childhood house. I uh, stay with my parents. Uh, cheap rent. <laughs> um, while I'm over here. So that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, very good for that. Once again, not a lot of people can do that. Go back and stay with their parents. A lot of people have disjointed relationships, uh, so I'm very grateful for the relationship I have with my yep. parents. I feel that. My parents let me stay at home too for very cheap, so I can't complain. Very privileged. <laughs> so we'll get straight into it. Um, we're just going to flow through your key turning points again. So um, today we've got your life around university, uh, working with your friends, resigning. Um, then we've got also being made redundant and getting into real estate. Yeah, yeah, you asked me life in your 20s and your turning points and I mean everyone's life in their 20s is very different. Um I've had a I've had a privileged life. Um I've got 
two parents, so I've got a loving family. Um, I never had to worry about money from that perspective or anything like that, and I've been able to do the things I wanted to do. And uh, as we said, there's not a, there's a lot of people out there who aren't able to do that. So yeah, you asked me for some turning points, and that's what I came up with. I did, you know, uh, I suppose if we look at the first one, university. We were both went to the same school, boys. Yeah. High. Oh, and intermediate. Uh, and intermediate. Oh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I still remember you hitting that ball almost through the auditorium window. <laughs> um, that was the shortest fucking boundary yeah. in the world, though. Yeah. That and one the, corner. And that had the one window <laughs> on the auditorium, and it just happened to be at the end of the cricket pitch. Oh, yeah. that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then you're still training around every summer. I see you. Oh, a few beers and a few. Quit crew. this year though. You quit at Papamore. I oh. can't can't keep from playing with the pissed pooks. Mate, it's a um, Wednesday. Just come over. I'm pretty gutted with that. Eh? Oh. So yeah, five years coming out with a three year piece of paper. I always call it my receipt. Yeah. I actually took maybe two three years before I even hung it up on the wall. I don't even know where mine is. Yeah, like it's couldn't tell you. It doesn't mean shit, does it? Yeah, it was nah. As I said, we went to the same school where. Rightly or wrongly, it was drilled into you to do. Well, let's say seventy-five percent of it was drilled into you to go and go to university. Well, I mean, when that, you're in the upper end of the classes, yeah, anyway. yeah. Like so if, you're the, if you, we we weren't really in the low end, that might have nah, been different. Yeah, I mean, well, we were almost like an expectation, right? Or a, yeah, right, a passage to go to university, and and I did. I mean, I it's went, just just the natural flow on. Yeah, it? and it's always you know. I th- it's always what was probably expected. I was the first one in my immediate family to get a degree. Well, only one actually. No, so far. So, um, and it was almost that expectation, as you say. You're, you're doing, you do okay at school. You're in that top band. You're doing bits and pieces. It becomes almost an expectation to go to university. If I had my time again, would I? Probably not. What would you have done differently? What would have I done differently? Like we talk about gap years and stuff, but I don't. Think it's also like trial and error and. Different career pathways, though. Oh yeah, and I've—I mean, I forget I've done this huge range. Yeah, now look at your resume. I suppose you could call it. Oh mate, I love the trades. Like, if, I mean, we'll talk about it later. But working in the plumbing industry was as eye-opening. Those guys are phenomenally smart people, and uh, like they think slightly differently to me. But the stuff they can do and the problems they can solve, mm. um, and the money they can earn is more than I would have made it as an accountant. Like most of the guys, the top guys I had were making way more money yeah. than I would have ever made as an accountant. Unless I owned, obviously, owned the business, but it's years down the track, and these guys are younger. So did than you me. study accounting? I had, well, originally, so yeah, five years. I went in for a bachelor of management, majoring in accounting. The first one was a majoring in accounting, marketing, and a specialisation in agribusiness. Is how I started. <laughs> Sounds like all the bells never, and whistles. Never knew anything about farming. I, I mean, I love the sector, and it keeps the world turning, but. Knew nothing about it. I enjoyed the lecturer. Um, and, yeah, so that's what I went into study and I started there and then um, didn't end up with that. I ended up, what did I, I came out with a BBA with a major in accounting and a minor in marketing, I think, was the end up, which was a three-year degree. Mm-hmm. I spent five years at university. And those last two years I was probably doing two papers a semester because I was a cabbage. But you also say you did too much hockey. Yeah, so the first, I suppose, yeah, as you go to university, those first few years, I was still heavily involved. I just played over in, um, over in the Gold Coast with the New Zealand under-19 team, and I was still doing that, so I was coaching, which was... Hockey's a bit different. They run week-long tournaments and sort of eight-week campaigns um, for rep teams and uh, and your other teams, so you sort of... 
was coaching a high school team. I was in coaching a rip team. I was playing a rip team. Mm. So it wasn't, you weren't like losing a Saturday and maybe a training night. You were losing a week at a time. Four weeks of a year. It's a whole month when you're only at university for nine. See, I wouldn't call you a cabbage like you just did, but right there, these sacrifices made to yeah the hockey. Prioritise the wrong thing. But I've, I've also never been a good student. I never did homework. I if we talk oh, about it's not for everybody, yeah. No, nah, if we talk about being privileged, I was privileged enough to be able to lie, rely on what I had in my brain to yeah. scrape through, and I scraped through. Like it was, it was C's. It was C's get degrees, man. Merits, merits. I was happy. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was never homework. It was. I can't say it was hard work because it wasn't. So where did the thought that you needed to go come from? Was that just high school? It was high school. Was it family it was, expectations. I don't think. No, nah, I mean. Um, I don't think there was ever an expectation from my family as such to go. Uh, I think they they liked the aspect that I went. But, uh, I mean, my mum was a banker. She now runs accounts at a school. She's got no degree. I've got my dad who's worked in the same factory since he was 15. Um, and just worked his way up. My brother now, he's manager of a um, fast food restaurant in Cambridge. So they all do all the different things. But, yeah, school was probably a good one. And then, then your friends like it. Because we, I suppose we we swung in those those higher end mm. um, circles of of life um, in terms of academics, they all went to university. You'd follow yeah. your friends, and uh, I never had a desire to go to another location for university. But I suppose it was what I thought I had to do. Like I was, as I said, I was I did okay accounting. I did well at. I thought I was good at it, so it made sense to go and do it. Regret it wholeheartedly, but it's what we come down to, right? When did you realise what you're doing is what others expected of you and not necessarily what Reese wanted to do or needed to do or felt like doing? Probably year three. And I remember and I remember it dawned on me because I went to the student centre or whatever it was because I was trying to figure out what papers I needed and how many of which I needed. And I literally asked them, what do I need to get out of with my degree next year so I can go right, to Just fast track, get out. Yeah, I, was like, I, just, I said if I have to scrap this or do whatever... Um, I got bad advice then, which is why I then had to go back another year. What do you mean by bad advice? Oh, she told me I needed something that I didn't, and um, which then cost me and um, cost me another half a year, but which yeah. I turned into a year because I failed papers and didn't do so well. But yeah. um, and then yeah, that's the yeah that third year, and then the fourth year I changed my whole degree just so I could get out. It wasn't. You know, so did you ever do accounting? I did. Yeah. So I was doing. Doing accounting through university, I had, a, I had a good friend who was working in Otrahonga actually, so I was tracking out there on my days off and during holidays to... Fuck, even that's just driving, commuting time to work, plus 40, all your other extra shit. 40 minutes each way. Yeah. Like, we're fortunate enough, it's a beautiful drive and it was quite easy, but uh, yeah, it's, a, it's a lot of time to give up and go to a job that you didn't enjoy. mm uh, and then uh, that probably comes down to the next. Like I felt like I owed him. He got got me got me a foot in the door. They, they were paying me. Yeah. So I'm trekking out there to hang out. And so it was a mate, right? Yeah, it was a mate. Yeah. yeah. So because that's the next part. Eh? They're working with friends and resigning. Uh, yeah. But the fear fear of lot of letting people down. Yeah, I mean, so I've worked with friends. Well, well still working with my friends. I've worked with yeah. and not not friends you've made through the job. It's friends. I've had for a long time. So, I mean, that first guy in Oatrahonga, we were uh, best mates, and then um, he he helped me through some dark times as well. Um, I owe that guy a lot. 
um, and he knows who he is and uh, he still talks to me. He gave me my first company, literally. They gave me the company. They then hired me um, from, a, from a job I didn't quite enjoy. Um, and yeah, still to this day, he'll, he'll help me out. But he was helping me in the Otrahonga. And then um, when I finally finished my degree, I was sitting there trying to find the job I didn't have to go to mm-hmm. uh, in Otrahonga and finding something else to do. I knew I didn't want to do accounting, so my degree was practically useless. Uh, the only sort of work experience I had was the old temp labour job at, mm-hmm. at Trade Staff or One Staff or any of any of those like that I did during the summer holidays. And Do you think university taught you a few things, though? Oh, ha- absolutely. Like I, I, use, I use those now. Non-degree related? Yeah, non-degree related. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, it, it taught me life lessons. It taught me how to... Um, especially those last two years, taught me how to actually knuckle down and do what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't have friends I had to make friends with. You know, they'd all, they'd all qualified and finished yeah. there. <laughs> they, uh, they didn't suck like I sucked and they got out and got their degree in the time they needed to. And um, So, yeah, those last two years of... Uh, and, yeah, everyone else was off earning money and I was going to university and... Still doing the same still shit. Still doing the same shit. Same papers twice, some of them. Come out with a... De- Degree. Receipt, I, say, I yeah. call it a receipt because yeah. you have the student loan. It's just like I'm still paying that. Yeah, off. I'll I'll be paying that for a long time. I think <laughs> I checked the other day and it's like one third of it's gone. Yeah, it's depressing, eh? And I'm nearly five years in. Yeah, and it's what like twelve point five percent. It's what guys don't understand. Eh? Yeah, like, that tradies they're like, "Oh, you get paid heaps." It's like, no, I don't. No. And then you yeah. take off the twelve point five percent on top of the tax. I'm getting uh, yeah, as well. Oh, fuck. Because uh, I remember I got my first bonus in my, in my last job, and I was like, "Sheesh, that's mean!" Like yeah. I'm going to Queenstown. I'm going. I've got it all lined up. And then I saw the tax get whacked off because it was end of the year too. And I was like, "Oh shit!" So I've ticked over that bracket, and then. Um, student loan, twelve and a half percent comes off, and that's a fair whack of money that when is. you're paid thirty percent tax or whatever we pay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're losing half of it to pretty, yeah, pretty much like yeah, what my hourly is. Uh, yeah, you just half that, and that's kind of what you get. Yeah, it's it's soul sucking. So yeah, I went. I was looking for a job, and I'll be honest with you how I got it. I was pissed one night. Uh, I had a bit of a bender. I was at my partner's house. Uh, and I saw he, my mate put up a job on Trade Me, and I was like, you know what? It was a Sunday night. I'm going to give him something to do on a Monday morning, and I put in this pretty fictitious, um, I suppose, application to his yeah. job about... I had no idea what I was doing, and uh, nothing about it, but I sort of submitted my CV, and then he, he rang me Monday morning. He's like, are you serious? And I was like, oh, no, not really. I was... I, I do need a job, though. <laughs> I was like, I'm a bit, I was drunk. I yeah. wasn't... Yeah, I was like, I did this. It was a piss take to give you something to do, because I always joke about you having no work to do. Um and yeah, he rang me and I said, well, I suppose I could give it a nudge and yeah. ended up meeting with the Rotorua general manager and um, on the Thursday and then had a job selling people at one stuff for of all places. So what do you mean by selling people? You're selling people services to other people? The most unreliable product in the world. People? <laughs> yeah. How uh, so? Because well, yeah, just inconsistent? Inconsistent. Um, and I mean, I was the same. You. It's a job for the good ones you get are the students who are on holiday or need a bit of money, um, and then you get all all walks of life who are using you for various reasons. And um, I remember one of them, one of the ones that stick out the most is you ring a guy at seven o'clock at night who's pleading to you, needs a job, and you help him out. And um, I'm a caring dude, so I'm always I probably brought stories I shouldn't have brought into. And um, but yeah, I was like, I've got your job. You start tomorrow. He's like, Yep, sweet, sweet, I'll be there. Just then doesn't show up. Doesn't seem out. 
don't hear from anywhere again. And it's just like, well, you'd put in all this work to do that. But, um, well, that was a, a nice segue. But, like, in terms of that, so I applied for the job, got the job. And he's been my best mate. He coached me at hockey when I was, like, 13. Um, he's done so much for me. And you feel like you owe this guy, so you're, you're working hard for him. And uh, in a job I probably wasn't great at. Like, if I'll reflect on it, I wasn't. Um, it was hard because I didn't believe in the product I was selling. So I'm yeah. selling a product that... I really battled with, and it beat you down day after day, which is which is the industry, and you, you, some people are real good at it. My colleague, she's amazing. Um, she still crushes that job mm-hmm. every day. She's like a freak. Um, and to be fair, Matt's done it for like 16 years now. He's, that's all he's done, and he's he's incredible at it. So yeah. there's guys that are phenomenal, and I, I wasn't. So I, I in the, the admin side of it and the recruiting side, getting the people in and finding them jobs I was good at, but... I suppose selling them into jobs when I moved up into that like role. Like converting. Basically. Yeah, I wasn't good at it. I wasn't good at bringing the jobs in f- to fill, but I, if I had the jobs, I was... So what, a part of your job, so you get people to come... People come to you wanting jobs, and then do you have to go out to companies and go, do you need workers? Yeah, so there was the, the selling side of it, which was getting the getting the work for the people, and then the recruiting side was getting the people for the work. So the recruiting side I could do, I could talk yeah. to people. It was, um, I was good at matchmaking, I was good at doing all that, and... Um, but I was yeah, getting out of my comfort zone to go selling, and then that's when it led me to meet with another friend who mm. um, we spoke about earlier who was from Ochahonga. Mm. Um, so he was, I met with him. I had a nice little junior plumber, and I was trying to sell him in, and I said, hey, you know, I've got this young guy. He's real keen. doesn't like what he's doing now. Do you want him? Um, and then I got a phone call that afternoon from from that guy, that client, saying, yeah, we'll give you the job. I was like, oh, I'm not talking about myself. Mm. He's like, oh, but... We want you. This is the job I'm thinking of for you. Do you want it? And I'm like, shit. Um, wicked job. And I was like, I have to do it. And then that brings you back to letting people down. I've, I had a guy that had been giving me a job for two years. Yeah. Um, got me a job out of accounting so I didn't have to go back. And and one of your best mates, and you're thinking, shit. I, I, he just had a couple of other people resign. And um, you're like, now I'm about to. That was the hardest Hardest self development is resigning from your first job. I'm confused. So, you finish university, you work with this guy. Yep, went to one staff. Yep. Oh, so the one staff was the job. Yep. So the Ochahonga was during university. Yep. So the Ochahonga, the actual accounting, was during university. When you finished university, you went into one staff. Didn't want to go to accounting. Didn't work in accounting. And then finally, he's come back with an accounting job or plumbing job? Plumbing job. Plumbing job. So, something left field. I I went to him as a client. So, so Pete's his name. I went to Pete and Isaac as as a um, as one staff saying, "Hey, I've got a plumber for you. Young guy, real keen. Yeah, hates his current job, wants to work." And f- however they got the idea, I was talking about myself. They did, um, yeah, and then called me that afternoon saying, "We'll give you a job." <laughs> and I, I, had, I had a you know I was paid all right. I had a company car, and like, am I going to throw all this in? And then the other aspect of that is, how do you say that to a mate? I've got a mate here who's helped me out for the last two years. He'll help me out for... Yeah, so you got one mate gave you the job looking after you and then yeah. one mate needing assistance and reckons you're fit for the job. Yeah. Who's already helped you in the past and stuff. And then so how much of that kind of gut feeling of letting this initial guy hold you back? Hugely. I held on to my resignation for a week and a half. Oh, yeah. I took him out of the office. We walked down to the liquor store and I was shaking. I was like... Oh, that was because that was the day I was like, "Shit, it's a Friday, I'm going to resign." So I, and that was me being pathetic. Like I waited to the Friday, so I yeah. knew I could hand it in the last minute and not have to see him face to face. Face, yeah. 
that was hard. Like resigning from your first, first job. job of someone who helped you out a lot as well. Eh? Yeah. Okay. Now looking back in hindsight, did that affect him much? Nah. <laughs> you yeah, couldn't yeah. care less. Yeah. I sat in his office crying yeah. about giving him his resignation, and he's like. It's a mean opportunity. Why would I hold you back? Yeah. And I let that ruin my life. You built a narrative in your head, eh? For a week and a half, I sat there with the resignation in my drawer, joking about what I was doing. Um, And. (laughs) Because, yeah, you're right here getting uh, offered the job and then the tears that came with that. So that's what you mean. Just. So looking back at it now, how many kind of jobs have you been in? So I I did accounting. I then went um, to one staff. I went to ITS Plumbing. I did a f- I did a couple of bar jobs. And I w- then I went to the helm. Um, so I got made redundant from that plumbing job in Christmas last year. Uh, and yeah. now I'm selling so, estate. So there's kind of five. Do you reckon that it's a lot easier now to resign? If you were to resign, would you be like, yeah, cool, I'm resigning? Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's one of those things that I don't think anyone's good at. And Until you do it and learn. And we probably need to be better at it. Yeah. Like, um because you hold yourself accountable for a lot of other people's feelings mm. and emotions and well-being and whatnot. Like, you think their life revolves around you, but it doesn't. Yeah. Like, yeah, they, it is going to hurt temporarily, and then they're going to replace you. It is just the, the just career a Yeah, and we... So have you learned to say no? No, I suck at it. Yeah? So, I mean, if we look back at my student life, I said yes to everything. And that's something I, something I know I'm bad at, and I'll tell everyone that, and um, you just... I. People ask, I stretch myself way too thin because I can't say no. You're a people pleaser, eh? People pleaser, yeah. I, yeah, I can't say no to people. I, so right now, you couldn't say no to me. and You're here missing out on opportunities to make money. I could be selling houses <laughs> and I'm here with you. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, bro. You should have said no. <laughs> no, nah. nah, but yeah it's, yeah, it's something. And when I think as a country, New Zealanders are bad at it. Yeah. Yeah, I think we just, because we're so small and so community focused, it instills a lot of people to do everything for everyone else. Um, so, okay, on that, New Zealand not saying no to people and stuff, tall poppy syndrome is another key New Zealand issue. Coming from your sporting background, did you see that a lot, tall poppy syndrome? Yeah. Do you think to be one of the best at what you do, you need to be a bit more arrogant and not cocky but confident in your abilities and like not get chopped down? Yeah, 100%. So like a lot of the... I see a lot of so hockey's a small sport and I've done it for since I was at the intermediate and it's real small. And there's guys that um when I was playing at sort of the top level you'd look at and think, Oh, you you know, you're you're good but mm. you're not amazing and now those guys are playing at the top level and they're amazing. And I think it's um uh, because they're resilient, because they're slightly more arrogant, they know they can be better. Yes. Yeah, and now they're bit of arrogance there. Yeah. Now they're at the top and they're still just as arrogant. But yeah. they deserve to be. Yeah. Yeah, because you are Yeah. But at the same time, they're just a general human. But when you talk about their aspect that they know they're good at, yeah, they yeah. fucking crush it, eh? Yeah, and yeah, you just need to, you do need to be it, and it's the same. And if we tie that back to resigning, there's a slight arrogance there, knowing that not that you're too good for what you're doing, but there's something else out there for you, and you're mm. realizing that and saying, actually, I'm arrogant enough to go put myself forward first and say, here's my resignation. Mm. It's gonna affect you. It's gonna affect me. But we'll move on, and it's—I don't know if arrogance is the right word for it, but I 100% agree with what you're saying. Yeah, no, you're probably right. Arrogance is probably too far the other way, but an understanding of um, and putting yourself first for 
for a change and not being that people pleaser that too many of us are. Yeah. So when you got this new job offer, were you around 23? Yeah, would have been. Yep, 20, 23. Yep, really. So the fear of the unknown, we, what is this? Getting a job offer and you're having the fear of the unknown, you wrote down. Yep. So I was, what, what are you fearing? Fearing I was, like... Oh, you, you fear change. You fear... It's something I'd never done. Mm-hmm. I knew next to nothing about plumbing. I knew that water came <laughs> and water went. Um, yeah. And he wanted me to be like a production manager and help out and... Uh, originally, we wanted to. I wanted to get my trade on it. And I said, "Hey, we'll, we'll do it all." Um, but I knew nothing about it. I knew. I knew. I mean, I knew what he did. Um, I genuinely sort of knew how it worked. But I was comfortable with my job. I'd done it for two mm. years. I had it. I had a car. I had reasonable pay. Um, I think you know. You, I came out of university thinking, "Shit, these guys that are still uh, that have just come out of university getting paid way less than what I'm doing." I've got the car. I've got. It was a stable, and then you're looking at something that um, you knew was probably progressive. I think that's the other thing you just mentioned there about like coming out of university getting shit pay. You fucking do it. Yeah. You spend like accounting three three years, and then you enter in and there's like fifty k job. While plumbers, uh, like say for instance, probably already there, and then they work away straight away without having this three year fucking loan receipt. Yeah. Fuck me, man. Yeah. It's not the best idea, but. Yeah, no, my my. I mean, obviously that first job had nothing to do with my degree. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't marketing anything. Wasn't doing accounting. Business management was next to zero. Yeah, and then you go to plumbing. Yeah, still not using it. Still not using it. Still got the receipt. I think the most I use at the moment is to do my GST return because I'm self-employed. <laughs> I paid sixty grand for this oh, piece of paper. At least that you gave, know what it, you're doing. <laughs> gave me. Well, I don't. <laughs> still wouldn't trust myself to do it properly. Yeah. You're still paying accountant the friggin. 60 grand for a piece of paper. I'd so the fear of changing. How do you adapt with change now? Do you still fear it? Still fear it. Absolutely yeah. fear it. Um, like a big jump was was obviously going into real estate and change. Like, um, So I'm living at home at the moment. I've got my, my houses are rented out and I think. Uh, like there's now a fear in me about going back to my home or going renting again mm. because it's, it's different to what I'm used to. I went from, I'm a stable person. Like if, if things are stable, I'm happy if they're not. You need to be in control, eh? Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. You need yeah. to know what's going on, what's coming around the corner. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Like Where do you think that came from? No idea. It's just, because I know my family's completely different to me. Yeah. Like my brother's pretty relaxed. Um, I don't even, and to be fair, I don't even care if, I'm not the one that's like planned it or done it as long as I know what's happening. No one's happening, yeah. And I remember, actually, I remember I was in hospital. Um, I must have been like eight or nine, or maybe slightly older, 10 or 11, um, and I had pneumonia. And I, they originally thought it was meningitis or whatever that was. You got jabbed for it um, back in primary school. But I was shaking. I had like 12 doctors around me because they yeah, literally thought I was I was out of it. Um and I remember my mum saying to the doctor, don't worry about telling me what's going on, tell him. Because mm. that's all he wants to know is what's happening. Mm-hmm. He said he'll be a lot more behaved and stop freaking out if you just tell him what's Told going on. Told him, yeah. Yeah. So, and that stuck with me ever since, I think. And then like, I've, I've had a girlfriend and stuff say the same thing, like, you just need to know what's going on. I was like, yeah, I do. I don't know where it's come from, I don't know yeah. why. But it makes me feel a whole lot better. Like, it's this stuff. Security, yeah. Yeah. That's why I had to go through and write it and write it a second time so I know what's going on. Writing it once wasn't enough. Yeah, yeah. I had to rewrite it so I can read it and tell you. So, okay, what about nowadays when you're doing all your fucking deals and shit over houses? 
Do you have to redo a lot of stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Does that just take up a lot of time? Yeah. Fucking and I'm so anal about it too. Like, I hate... You know, and even if... Because um, we use so many different softwares and PDF editors and stuff, if stuff doesn't transport across nicely, mm-hmm. yeah, it blows my piss, man. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I can't handle it. So your next turning point has been made redundant before Christmas. So this is from the plumbing job. From the plumbing job. So it's been two years. Before we there. go into that, yeah. was this your darkest days? Nah. You tapped into that just before. Yeah. So now nah, I would. Do you mind tapping into that? Yeah, it's all good. I was um, a lot younger. So actually, funny you say that. The plumbing guys, yeah. Pete and Isaac, were the ones that helped me the most. Yeah. So I've known. That's the, I think where I got the note from. Yeah. So yeah. I've known them since like sixteen. Um, I remember my darkest time. There's a few people, but Pete. Came around and sat with me at like one thirty in the morning, because um, I'd text him something, and he came. He came around, and and that was probably the turning point. To be fair, he he um. Is sixteen years old. Yeah, maybe slightly older. Maybe yeah, maybe between sixteen and eighteen. It was it was pretty rough, and he uh, he came and sat with me. I mean, he was he was single. He would have been like twenty eight. Like no no need to be hanging out with. Mm, so like was me. he your coach at the time? No, just a, just a guy I'd met. I'd co- I was actually coaching him. He was playing hockey. He just oh. he'd come to town. He'd played hockey with me. He'd come from New Plymouth, uh, from Eltham of all places, down in yeah. South Taranaki. Uh, great place, uh, thriving metropolis that is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and he had, and we just made a connection at hockey. He was older than me, and yeah, yeah, that, like he helped me, and then. Um, so you still at high school? At that age. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah. yeah, probably my last year of high school. And what was the main driving force? Couldn't tell you. It was just in my head. No idea. Just in my head. I probably not feeling like I wasn't in control. Uh, yeah, and then you go into university where you don't know what you're doing. You don't know if you like it. Yeah. That you're was, continuing the hockey career. You told me the other day you put the jersey on and then felt yeah, and empty. Then, so I was yeah, sitting in Gold Coast and I put the... The black jersey on with the fern, and I thought, well, done it. What a, this isn't actually what I wanted to do. Yeah, what, what's next? Yeah, and you're pretty I, lost, though. Yeah, I was, I was lost as. Yeah. Do you uh, think you found yourself? I think I'm getting pretty close. Yeah. I think yeah, there's always lots of learning and always lots of finding yourself and discovering what you're good at. And I mean, even little things like I would never have seen myself two months ago getting up at. 5am in the morning to go for three laps around the lake <laughs> and I now really enjoy just going for yeah. a walk before and after work it's fucking good eh yeah just fitness man like uh-huh. I do um, gratitude whatever yeah. uh, every night three things you go for three things you went well quite often what went well is say like yesterday for instance would have been um, 5am gym 6pm yoga and then um, something about like work a work thing yeah. and it's just like fuck like majority of the time it's what went well is like Activity, physical activities, getting me out there, getting me doing things. If I don't do anything, I'm like, the fuck, like getting antsy. Like, I can't do it. It's good for your mental health. Yeah, like I was, I've done body fit, I was doing E45, but honestly, the walking has just been so calming. And you, yeah, you can do it without any technology, you can do it with technology. Like this morning, the birds are so fucking loud. Yeah. I didn't even have my headphones in. It's fuck. Yeah, we've been just walking around. I literally did five laps of the Hamilton Lake yesterday. With five, that's what, 18, Slightly silly. Did three at 5 a.m. in the morning and then two at 4.30 in the afternoon. On oh, my birthday of all times, just because I'm competitive and the walking was fun. People I, will think you're crazy, mate. Yeah. 
yeah, people start to look at you funny when you see them four times. Couple of times. Yeah, that's not. That's, I'm surprised they're still there, though. Yeah, that's not the one on each side of the lake. It's so that's um one thing about this podcast that I'd like to tap into more as well is navigating your twenties. Mm. So right there, trying to get into your twenties, fucking hard, eh? Yep, and now you're in your what late half, later half, later quarter, later last quarter. last quarter of your twenties. Yeah, twenty-seven now. Are you set to finish what you started? Are you going to stick it out in what you're doing? Are you going to keep on going? Yeah, I mean, everyone's twenties are different. Like we, I mean, we just spoke about this at the start, going either university or trade or neither. Mm. Right? Um, and a lot of people have different privileges in life, and um, I'm fortunate enough to own my own house that I don't live in. Um, fortunate enough to have parents that I can live with and make that a possibility and um, and then everyone is on this different path and navigating their 20s and mine started off pretty low, um, not knowing who I was. A lot of people are fortunate enough to find themselves earlier than I probably have. I don't know about you, I don't know if you, I mean you've you've gone on a bit of a spiritual healing, we, we spoke about this the other <laughs> yeah, day, about so, trying yeah. different things. Legit and, spiritual healing, yeah. <laughs> that was interesting. Um, yeah, I'm still discovering. i yeah, I suppose um, I've seen somebody, and even that, like coming out of that, is just like I need really need to sort my shit out, figure it out, figure what I need, what I want, what I want to do. Work got quiet. It's just like fuck. I'm looking elsewhere, like other places to go. I kind of feel like just gapping. Yeah. Got the dog. He's probably the only reason why I'm still here. Yeah. Many times I've thought about just gapping, but it's like oh nah, got the dog. Don't really want to send ship him overseas and shit like that. Mm. But in terms of progressing your your growth and all that, you. You're looking forward to the next few years, yeah. So real estate's been cool. It's been it's been a change. It's something I've I've always wanted to do, um, and I suppose for lack of a better word, I never had the balls to do it. Uh, being you know commission only, uh, fear of the unknown again, not mm. being in control. Like I can, um, I can sell myself as best as I can and want to sell a property once I've got it. But there's no actual reason for you to say yes to me. Yeah, to yeah let me yeah. sell your house. Um, you can like me, you could love me, you could just say, actually, I don't want to sell with you. This could be anything. And um, I've got a fuckload of questions, actually, to do with the real estate. Yeah. But before we get there, we'll go back to your made redundant before Christmas. Yeah, so I, we, I loved my job. I like The plumbing was awesome. We grew it. And we probably grew it too quickly, and it was, it was probably beyond my skill set. And um, So what was your job? So I started as like a production manager and a labourer. Like I was, The plan was to sort of organise all the admin side of it stuff I was good at the planning and bits and pieces like that and then being in control being in control <laughs> yep yep and then do my um, I suppose my apprenticeship as well I thought hey if I can do two with one that's all good um, and then we just grew too quickly mm. I'm not too quickly uh, we grew uh, we picked up a whole lot more work um, so we ended up being very busy so that role all of a sudden went to full time production manager um, just organising work, getting more work in, doing invoicing. Um, so the the business side of it, and that that was what I was good at. And then COVID came, and we just went nuts. Like, um, obviously being in the nuts is in what? What busy? Busy? Oh we, yeah, yeah. Like we probably tripled over over that time. Fuck. Um, yeah, it was it was cool, man. Like it was, I was doing it. We uh, there was about three weeks there. I did ninety hours a week on site. Um, out on the back of Morrinsville, sure. putting like portacoms in for a massive, massive factory so they could keep working. 
Oh, Obviously, yeah, we had to separate yeah, everyone yeah, else. So yeah, they had to yeah, separate. Yeah, of the, we had toilets. We had lunchrooms. Yeah. Um, so me and the, my foreman at the time were doing ninety-hour weeks just to keep this factory going. Like oh. it was cool. It was yeah. fun. Um, and then sometimes the short-term sacrifices are pretty good. Eh? Like actually I, grinding it out. Yeah, I didn't feel tired. Like we were because it was a it's a forty-five minute drive out there. So yeah. we'd be getting up at four in the morning to get there by five to work till eight at night, and then go home and do it yeah, again. Yeah, you know it's. It's temporary. Yeah. You know you're going to get a good paycheck. You know you're doing it for a good reason. Yeah. Keep people going, to keep people safe. Yeah, and uh, like that was fun. And then obviously the flow on effects from the rest of COVID hit. And um, it, we felt the pinch. And um, I, I blame myself for not... I knew the pinch was coming and I probably didn't do enough to... Enough early enough to sort it out. Um, so... And the hardest part was I had to let go of one of the apprentices I'd hired. Uh, that was tough. Like, he was a young kid. He was he was a hard worker, did everything you asked him to do. Uh, and I had to say, no, nah, you've we've got no work for you. So how do you how do you make people redundant? It's a bit of a process. Like, you've got a, a, um, the two, you can go through, like, a performance management um, where that's firing somebody basically yeah, yeah basically the you same you fire someone yeah. legally go through a performance yeah or redundant is no work for them or you change the, the job description Jobs, basically yeah, yeah. Um, and you've got to obviously prove that there's not enough work for them and that's what, what happened to me too so um, my boss I hold no hard feelings against him um, the owner of the company Isaac who was one of the guys who helped me in those dark times mm. and um, he they were doing lots of development work and obviously that slowed up as well. And ha- So he came back to work and there was no need for two of us. So uh, so that was about November. Uh, was I think it was about November 20th was my final days at ITS Plumbing. So to do it legally, you just need proof that there's no work. Yeah, you just got to prove the downside. And, um, and then I assume they can't replace you. They can't replace you. No. That's a part of it, eh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so... Uh, for a period of time, but obviously there's ways around it. You employ someone is a different thing, but you know these guys haven't done that. The, uh, I'd have there's never. I think there's got to be bad reasons as an employee to PG someone. I think a lot of people PG too easily. What's PG? Personal grievance. Oh yeah. So like if they had not followed the process, I could ask them for money and say you've done me dirty. Basically. Yeah. But uh, I owe these guys more than anything like that, and they never did anything wrong, so I can't. Did you feel like you let them down? Yeah. Because you just mentioned there, you saw the kind of saw the pinch coming, but didn't act fast enough. Do you think you could have done differently? You could have acted. Yeah. Oh. What do you think it was still inevitable? I, I don't know if I could have saved it. I probably should have. Like, if I reflect on it, the I could have done the good times, probably on a on a tighter purse string. Mm-hmm. Like I. For comfortability sakes, and because I'm a people pleaser, I don't want people working too many hours. So I'd, you know, hire more guys, and um, and there was a good, you know, good workflow, good good planning. Um, but I prob, and it's not something I'd seen before. I didn't have mm. the skill set to to manage it, and I know next time I would. It's about life, that way, learning, eh? Yeah. yeah, and I like I'm thankful for those opportunities, and um, and I and I, I strongly hope that they enjoyed having me there, and um, they I know. Hopefully they got a lot out of it, uh, financially and and emotionally. Like when they made me redundant, they were gutted. Like mm. Pete sat across from me, like crying. Uh, he felt awful, and I said, and I said from the start. And the, I suppose the good thing is for anyone who works with friends is to say, hey, you know, there's there's two things here. There's there's friendship, and then there's business, and mm. they are different. 
Uh, you got to draw the line, eh? Oh, and you've got to do it from the start too. It's, and I know me, Matt, me and Matt at one staff did the same thing. Uh, me, Pete, and Isaac did the same thing at ITS, and I've done the same thing with my manager at um, at Bailey's. Now is hey, we're we're friends, but business, business, and mm. I'm never going to hold hold anything against you for that. Yeah, you can't. Eh? And the other, the other thing is that you can only control your controllables, yeah. the way you react to things. Yeah. So say if you. Clearly, if if you overdo that line, then it's only your fault, really, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I was hurt emotionally um, when that redundancy came, and and not because I was meeting my redundant, but it's that fear again. Like I've I've got mortgages to pay, I've got, mm. you know, I've got lots of shit to you're pay. Like for. you don't have family, yeah. You know? Like if like you had mouths to feed, they would. Yeah, and like I know I've got a good safety net there for me because I'm privileged enough to have that. But you're coming in at Christmas. Um, you know, you, you're buying presents for people. Um, you've got holidays planned, and I'm thinking, shit, how do I? So, did you get paid out? Uh, no, I didn't have any leave. I'd just been to Melbourne again for another hockey yeah. tournament. Because um, there is no like, not, no, you, I, don't, you I, don't have to have it in your. No, I don't have agreement. to. I didn't have a redundancy package. I, um, yeah. and, the, and to be fair, I don't think. Yeah, there should be one. If, if people are making you redundant because of lack of work, then to pay you they out, can't, yeah, they can't it's counterintuitive, it. right? So, um, yeah, so that was. Christmas time when you've got no job, and I mean I, yeah I was fortunate enough. I went back to the bar and just said, "Hey, can I?" I went to the helm. <laughs> Joe can have a job. He's like, "Yeah, come come work for us." And um, so you wrote down uh, burning winds of disaster. Yeah, so um, I mean it would have been very easy, and I do the same now. I freaking go buy new cars and do things like that. But I think it's good to have something to push me to go to work every day and. Because I know if I look at uni and school... What do you mean by burning winds of disaster? Though? What is that metaphor? If mean? I don't go to work and make money, yeah. I've got shit that's going to f- bite me in the ass. I've got yeah. car payments, I've got mortgages, you know, you've got all that shit. If I don't have that, what's my... I don't have a family, I don't have mouse to feed, as you said, yeah. so what's making me go to work every day? I sucked as a student, I, I didn't have a drive to go and do my homework or do the yeah. assignments early. I was always a last minute man, and... Um, so the so the wind, the theory like that. It's the fire chasing you. That's yeah, it's yeah, going to burn you yeah, if you don't. Because that, the disaster's coming. Here's the yeah. wind. Yeah, you better get your ass into gear. Yeah. And so it, getting your ass into gear. Straight back to the bar. Straight back to the bar. Started before I'd even finished. I was yeah. You know, I was straight back. So that, ke- that keeps the um, money ticking coming in. Oh well, yeah, I knew my my paycheck literally dropped like seventy five percent. I knew mm. it was. Uh, I knew it was coming, and I knew I had to. Work hard for it like, to get through Christmas. So I'd already resigned to the fact that I probably wasn't going to get my holiday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, where did your mind go from there? You obviously fuck. Okay, I need to secure myself now to make sure these bills yep. are getting paid. So the mindset was, I need something very short term because mm-hmm. I knew I couldn't do the bar. I mean, I love bar work. I love people, um, but the late nights and the repetitive weekends, I, I just couldn't do it for a long term. So it was, how do I secure myself now to be able to continue to live? Mm-hmm. And then it was. Shit, what's my next step? What am yeah. I? I've got a degree that I know I don't want to use. Um, I'd done it, hated it. What was I going to do? I knew I had half a production management skill set. I'd done, you know, a couple of years at it with the plumbing. Yeah. And you're looking out there thinking, shit, I don't actually have a lot to offer people. And you're coming out of COVID as well. Coming out of COVID, lot of lot, yeah, a lot of businesses were struggling. Letting like we, um, ITS was lucky they let a couple of people go and um, didn't have to change too much. But there was a lot of companies who. Went under. Fuck it. And I'm thinking, fuck, what am I going to do? Competitive. Um, and I'm thinking, what? Market. Yeah, what actual skill set do I... And that's where a lot of self-doubt come in, and I, I 
lucky I'm fortunate enough now to know how to handle that. But you're thinking, fuck, what, what can I offer these businesses? I can't really... Yeah, fuck, like, so did you have an, an inkling that you wanted to get in real estate? Or, or did you write down a list going, these are the kind of careers that can utilise what I'm doing? Um, how did you back that up? Like, did you go, this is what I'm good at, I this honest, is what I'm bad at, this yeah, is the careers that I could do? There was a lot of thinking about it and, like, what what I could do, what I had to offer. Um, shit, I looked at jobs in Gold Coast, so I was like, piss, well, this perfect opportunity to piss off. Mm. I can just ditch and nothing was really holding me there. I had no partner at the time. Um, all my businesses had closed up. I was like, well, this is, I can go. But I probably took a. <laughs> I don't want to say easy option, but I'm real fortunate to have a real good network. I've coached hockey for years and coached younger teams, which obviously have parents and hockey's quite a, I suppose, a you know, middle to high income sport. Mm, so sure, yeah. um, a lot of them are business owners and things. So I just started ringing people. I said, what have you got? Do you need someone? Um, Did you actually physically ring people? Yeah. So I probably still got this text I sent to the, one of the owners at Bailey's. I said, mate, have you got a job for me? I said, and originally it was have you got an internal job because I didn't think I wanted to sell I didn't know if I had the skill set so I said hey have you got anything internally mm. um, and he was straight on to it he's like yeah we'll, we'll find something and then it ended up being a sa- selling job but I haven't looked back now I just started ringing people asking how valuable are connections oh hugely it's who you know not what you know eh? yeah because yeah. anything can be taught and I think that's one thing that I don't like about my current job. Not that anything's wrong with it, but it's like I don't I don't build connections in my job. The only time I build connections is through podcasting right now. Yeah. Or fuck like CrossFit and yoga, but that's very slow and like a lot of time people have got work to go to, they fuck off or you know, you don't socialise during like hockey, fuck you, you socialise during warm up, during trainings, you play with them and then if you're coaching you gotta to talk to the, the parents. Yeah. Fuck, it's so valuable, man. Like coach like if the one thing I love about what I've done and giving up so much time is coaching the kids yeah. at such a range of schools like I did Hillcrest I did Dio I did Boys High um, and it's just so many different parents that I mean I've sold their house some of them have already sold their houses I've been in the job four months and because I've built such a connection and probably because I was so freely giving of my time um, they're more inclined to help you out now um, I mean one of my girls I'm coaching is or coached is now on a full scholarship in America, at at college, fuck uh, yeah, and she's it's like, something to be proud about, eh? Well, it's cool, man. Like real cool. No, it's it's it. rewarding and seeing people progress in that. That's kind of why I've feel like I could be a teacher because like, it's in a way of you purpose. Make a good teacher, it's a purpose. You see people succeed and you're giving back. Yeah, that like my um, I suppose the quote. Yeah, you asked me for a quote that I sort of live by and think about and. Um, one of the ones I wrote down was the greatest joys in life come f- come from seeing others around you happy and doing well. Yeah. Um, and actually, one of my mates who's my manager at Bailey's said to me like a few years ago, is good things always happen to generous people. Um, and so like, I mean, I was generous, so oh, full frontal and honest. The, um, the owner at Bailey's, one of the owners at Bailey's, it's his daughter that's in, yeah, yeah. Uh, in America. So... I'm not saying he helped me because of that, but no, it's but, always going to help. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Because yeah. he was seen, I was so generous for my time. I was doing, you know, one-hour sessions once a week on the side for her um, while she was working to go over there. And yeah, generous, generous okay. with your time. Generous Do you believe in karma? No, not as such. I believe in you'll get out what you put in. I understand the principle way, eh, but yeah. I don't believe in like, yeah. karma or fate and stuff like that. But 
yeah, you reap what you sow yeah. in a way. Sometimes it's not directly yeah. what you're giving or what your time is, but it kind of revolves back around. Yeah, and I, and it's not just your time. You know, you can I like simple things like bu- buying around for the boys mm. will always come back in one shape, way, or form. Um, and you don't know what people are going through. And um, like, if I bring back to Pete and Isaac and something that's instilled in me now. Um, when I was, you know, freshly 18, I had no money. Like, they took me on the first night in town, you know, things like that. I never paid for dinner or beers or anything. They would always pick me up. I didn't have a car. Yeah. They'd pick me up and take me to their barbecues and things like that. Yeah. And, um, which then teaches me to be a better person. Like, if, yeah. So yeah. there's younger kids in our hockey team and stuff that I know are students and don't have heaps of money or whatever it is. I think without those life lessons and um, them being junior respect then, I might not have been the same now to you know, yeah. be like, hey, I'm going to buy these guys. I think I've heard this before that in the Japanese culture and rugby, the eldest always pay for stuff. Yeah. So with the young guys coming through, they go out, the eldest are paying because they probably can't afford it. Mm. But it just means when they're older, they're paying for the young guys. Yeah. It's just the flow and effect. Yeah. And yeah. I think, yeah, if you, put, you get what you put in and, you, you know, you never know these, and these young kids and then if I relate back to my current job, they're going to be buying houses, they'll... Mm. Well, I'd, I'd hope that. Well, in this market, no, nah, don't buy a house. Well, <laughs> <laughs> if you're under six fifty and you want your grants, and there's some good houses out there to buy now, but uh, is the grant six fifty now? Yeah, yeah. for the uh, extra six and five, I think it is. Oh, thank yeah. fuck for that. Because I remember it stayed down around five hundred for a very yeah, long no, it's, time. It's up there now, um, and there's good houses to be had, but there's so few of them. But I just heard that we're importing houses. Oh, shall we? More to sell would be gangster. <laughs> nah, they're like government houses. Oh, great. Awesome. Yep. Straight from China. <laughs> I don't know um, how much of that's public, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, real estate then. Let's get into it. Oh, mate. How did you get into it? Obviously, through the Baileys and stuff, or yep. what about like getting your license? How, how do you get a license? I did mine out of Aussie. Um, so just online course? Just an online what, course, yeah. Three months, six yep. months? A um, couple of hours? I did that one because originally... There was an internal job that they were looking at doing, so it was a bit quicker. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a lot of it was um, the higher end sort of management stuff. So I did it that way. Um, and a lot, lot of like um, prerequisite stuff on what you'd already learned and what you'd done and your job descriptions. And um, because I'd done all that management stuff and the accounting, um, it was almost that second tier sort of management level stuff that I was originally looking at doing. Um, but otherwise, you just do it through skills. It's like a just an online online mm-hmm. course. Uh, Pretty cool, pretty cruisy. It's pretty thorough um, in terms of the detail. Um, but, man, it's just a job you learn on. Like, I'm learning every day. Um, I don't you, think... You talk about how shit you were, your cabbage, whatever, your learning skills. How did you find learning again? I don't, it wasn't as bad because I enjoyed it. <laughs> it makes a difference, eh? Yeah. If you enjoy what you're doing, you fucking love it. Um, and I, I even helping a few of the younger guys or the new guys that are doing it at the moment... Well, there's stuff about cladding and stuff I'd picked up through plumbing, which yeah. was quite cool. Like it was, you know, cladding leaks, what was mould, what wasn't, and it was, you know, things you identify through vision. I'm um, just going through it with them was cool again. Yeah. Like, um, I didn't. To be fair, I didn't do too much doing it through Aussie because it was all um, already required prerequisite learning that you'd done. So it was more of like a tick box exercise. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, but yeah, doing it both sides of it's been real cool. Real cool and learning it, and um, I'm still learning every day. I don't think there's anyone in the job who's not learning any day, mm-hmm. and I'd hope they're not. Because I mean, the law is always changing, but that's simple, and um, you've got to keep up with that. But 
everything's different all the so time. How do you keep up with market knowledge? Like what's going on? Um, there's so many websites, and so I mean, I get. Is this like a weekly read? Do you get a fucking flyer that comes like, out? Yeah, I get emails. So I've got emails coming from um, all the economists. I get those every day. Um, our Bailey's team, they do a whole lot of market insights on every region. They send that out sort of every week. Um, all the real estate in- industry websites and like One Roof and all that, they're always doing, um, I suppose, spin-offs. Yeah. There's a bit of journalism and a bit of fact in some of those ones, so I always be a bit careful. shit as well. But, um, yeah, everyone's just giving you information. Because people care about it. Like The New Zealand yeah. dream is that white picket fence and having your family home. And um, It is. Yeah, it's crazy. Like the it people prioritize sure. that over, almost over being, you know, happy or having a healthy family, and it's. I understand why, um, but yeah, it's the it's the dream is to own the house, and with I mean, we start saving at like fifteen. Yeah, like a lot of people who think about buying a home because that's they're already thinking about it. Age that 15. was me. Yeah, fucking like what to a T. Until I realized I couldn't get it and. There's more out there in the world. Exactly. Like you Spend 40, 50 grand going overseas. I don't know if I should be saying this as a real estate agent, but there's more out there than like saving the very small money you earn at 15 to 20. To, to not live your life. To not enjoy your life. So how do you prioritise happiness? Because I was talking to a friend about this the other day. Um, she was very career-driven. Yeah. Um, great, fantastic business. Growing, 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 growing. And only recently something's happened and she's realised that what's more important to her is her own happiness. It's like when you're sick, you realise how important health is to you. So you realise that there's all these external things going on that you try and climb this ladder, you try to get validation from other people, you try to climb the status and sacrifice of your own happiness. How do you focus on your own happiness? I was, uh, as you probably picked up, I was really struggled with it. I always felt guilty for having a sick day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's our generation. Well, I wouldn't say generation because we're fucking Gen Z, whatever, which is like, I think 96 upwards and yep. we're at the bottom end of that. Uh, but I'm the same, like, yeah, you feel guilty as fuck. Yeah, like, I would, yeah, I wouldn't call in sick. I'd go to work, um, you know, dying, but, well, not figuratively, but I suppose it's getting better at putting me first and I've, um, I'm, I'm getting a lot better in it and I think the real estate gives me the freedom to you know, have time off and do mm-hmm. what I want when I want to do it and, you know, come do these things. But, um, like, for me, it's experiences, it's hanging out with people. Um, like, I'm like everyone, I enjoy a cold beer with, you know, mates and mm. I enjoy the sun. Um, like, and I'm I'm fortunate enough to work with a guy who enjoys the same things and we'll just look at each other when the sun's out and be like, we could be going to have a beer. Should <laughs> we go have a beer? Uh, it's, it's not the happiness in drinking, it's the happiness in... Spending quality time Spending with quality time with someone. Yeah. Sitting in the sun, relaxing. Um, simple thing. Like, Not just go, 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 go. Yeah. Got to think just, to achieve. Just turning off for half a second. And smelling he, the roses. Yeah. So he, he he refers to it as time chunking. And he, he see, he's like 60. He's 65. He just got his gold card. He'll, he'll love me saying that. Um, <laughs> but he says time chunking and making sure you're doing it well. And he reckons he didn't do it well until, you know, 45, 50, where he can say, this is... And because he's done real estate for so many years, it's literally like two-hour blocks, and mm-hmm. he'll put a date night in there, and that's literally nothing will happen apart from his mind is now fully on date night. Or so time chunking, you mean chunking periods in your day? Yeah, and he's got it down to like a fine art. Oh, it's not for everyone, but he'll yeah. even have, you know, if we go for a beer, all he'll think about at that time is having a beer with me. Yeah, yeah. And 
it's not something I'm good at, but it's yeah. something you... So that was one of my questions. As a real estate agent, you could be having people contacting you all hours of the day. 4.30 in the morning on a Saturday, I've heard. I was just going to say, how do you turn off? How do you time chunk? There was quite a polite response, I thought, to that person at 4.30 yeah. in the morning. Um, just the ghost? Wouldn't you just not reply? Oh, I was... I was fuming because I it was the one night I always turn my phone like on silent and ignore it, um, and then I didn't pick it up. I didn't pick it up, but I saw that at six o'clock in the morning. And I thought, "Who the frig do you think you are to text me and ring yeah. me at four thirty in the morning?" Um, just asking for, oh, um, it was they were asking for a price on a property that was already priced. Yeah, and I'm like, "That's black and white," and you're asking me at four thirty on a Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you'd be professional and respectful and polite back, but... So how do you switch off? I've never been good at it. I'm still not good at yeah. it. Like, I'm... Um, so what, by the time you're 45, you're going to be able to time hopefully. too? Well, I'd hope to think I'm, you know, earlier than that, but no, I still suck at it. I can't... Uh, I'll still be... I'm real... I suppose... It's going to sound bad, but I'm good at multitasking as well. I can sit here and, you know, I could have a conversation and be going through emails and... Yeah. Like, I'm fortunate in that regard, but yeah, turning off... Um, you're a female... Yeah, it's 2023, you got to accept it. Um, I've now fuck, this is a new concept to me, time chunking. I like it. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm similar in a way, like, yeah, you go you go out somewhere, you turn your phone off, whatever. Um, if I'm walking, yeah, same thing, like, just, this is my walk. Mm. I try to stay off my phone and certain things like that. Because um, that is our biggest threat, yeah. is our phones. Yeah. Connection to everything and anything. You're in a cafe waiting for a coffee, oh, let's start scrolling. Yeah. You know? But it's not even just that, it's turning your mind off. Mm. Like, Focusing, I suppose, focusing on the here and now. It's, I imagine, it's what yoga. Do you meditate? Nah, mm. it's not something I've ever considered. I've weaned off it a bit just yeah. because of time and stuff. I, th- I suppose it might have been fucking me just making excuses, doing seventy five hard, like just heaps of time. But I definitely need to get into it because once again, like it's it's fucking it's good, man. Time to it is forced time to sit. The, yeah, exactly. I think it. Yeah, it's important. And if we sum it up to like a holistic view, it's important to take time for yourself to do what you want to do. Mm. I don't think enough people do that. Like I've got guys in my office who are there first thing Monday to last thing Saturday, just constantly going at it. And I th- that's not the life I want to live. And I feel, you know, I don't feel bad for them because that's how they choose to do it. And yeah, that's, that's what they, they want to do. Yeah. And they're good at it. But I just, that's not me. Like some, some people want to want to. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I feel just, I don't whatever, see them taking whatever. the time for yeah. themselves. Like that, that for them, that's their time for themselves. But then I look at yeah, because they probably don't have hobbies and shit like that. Yeah, they just enjoy. They probably it. don't go play golf. Yeah. They probably don't go play hockey. We need to play golf. Yes, you probably smoke me, but no. <laughs> um, nah, um, so yeah, this is I suppose a ex boys high chat. Carl reckons we should do like he's been thinking about it for fucking two years, bro. Yeah, a ex boys high uh, golf reunion. Absolutely. And just have an ambrose of all the boys, just yeah. massive piss up. Because we're getting to an age where a lot of us are playing golf now. It's pretty crack up. Yeah. Um, commission based. Fear of change. Are you scared? Yeah. Because <laughs> the part about the job is I didn't trust my sales ability. Yeah. Like I trusted myself to get along with people and I trust myself to close the deals. It's the first step, which mm. is the step you need before you can need do anything else is getting someone to list the house or someone to use me to buy a house. So building trust with the vendor, is that what you call it? Yeah. How do you do that? Um, for me, it's understanding them. 
mm-hmm. understanding their situation. Like, there's always a reason to sell your house. You're not just selling it because you're sick of your house. Uh, I mean, all this, actually, there's some people who do that, but they normally have infinite amounts of money. Uh, but there's always a reason. and I mean, there could be divorce, your family size is changing, um, job relocation, you know, the common mm. ones, um, upsizing, downsizing, uh, injury, um, you know, common one, old people can't get upstairs. Like, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so it's, I think, understanding the situation. And, um, so is this if you're selling the house or buying the house, like to build a relationship with a vendor, you're getting to know their needs? What they need. Yeah, what what their next step is, because there's, there's, there's a next step. So, because you're not necessarily just selling their house, you're looking for another house for them. Is that what you're getting? Yeah, like we do that as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the big one is understanding them and being different, because, I mean, technology is so really available to everyone. Mm. Why? A lot of it's, why would they use a real estate agent? There's obviously the legality around um, writing contracts and things like that where you need someone. But, um, I mean, private sales are through the roof. People are trying to do it themselves, and um, fair play to them. Like, why uh, getting them to understand your value and what you can bring to the relationship is is probably the big one. Because so, what do you bring? Pistol, smiley face, and good looks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I mean, I'm a people pleaser. I, I love to understand situations. I love to help people out. Um, yeah, so, I, what does that look like? Uh, looks like daily communication. I send a daily communication report every every day. And just an update. I've had six phone calls about your property today. Nothing's come of it, but there you are, just so you know. And um, to be fair, I don't think I'd expect that of my real estate agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if I was to sell my house, and that's just it's understand the type of person again. Like for me, I don't care. I just want the detail. Maybe you know once a week, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or I don't care if it's you doing it. I just if you sent me a report from Trade Me, one roof, um, and open home report, that'd be what I'd care about. As as a person, yeah, 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 yeah you yeah. know, I don't care about you cater for everybody's needs. Yeah, like some people want it, some people don't. Like I've got an investor at the moment down in Christchurch, he's happy just for me to do my job and tell him when it's sold, um, which is quite cool. Um, and then other guys need daily Was messages. That person from Christchurch through a connection of hockey. No, no, no. One of the one of the few that haven't. Yeah, I was say you'd, wouldn't have many of them. No. no uh, so this feeling of not being able to let anyone down but yourself, have you been able to actually th- thrive in this environment now? I wouldn't say thriving. Uh, like I've had a couple of I've had a couple of tough listings. Uh, I mean, I've just just got my mate's house under contract, probably not to the value he would wanted uh, at the start. Uh, to be fair, and I, I take that not personally because I haven't done my job and it's just the market and. And we all understand where the the value sits, but um, like I sh- wanted to get him there, mm. like, and I don't know if it's because he's my mate or because he's my vendor. I work for him, but I, you know, I really, really wanted to get him there. And I've got other ones that are um, that have been troublesome and challenging, and um, I still want to get their target, even though I know it's probably not there, mm-hmm. which is which is a struggle for me. And I'm still trying to learn that. And um, once again, people pleasing, eh? People pleasing, yeah. Mm. Like I, um, I know I probably know now that that. What they're trying to achieve is unrealistic yeah. and not going to happen. But I'm still you still want to slave give it my, them. yeah slaving yeah. my ass off to get it there. No, I probably can't. But uh, that's probably the toughest part about my job is learning to say no to people who our our morals and needs don't align is probably mm-hmm. a good one. Um, and then yeah, have you actually refused anybody yet? Not yet. Probably should have. 
Yeah, a couple I could have thought. <laughs> Never did yeah. Um, how does your commission base work? Um, so we just we get a percentage um, of of the sale figure. Um, and who determines that percentage? We do as agents. Like our, our agencies have like a base, but mm. um, we, we can negotiate a certain amount within that. Um, and then a lot of the time, the company take a big chunk, um, and we then divvy it up between the the lister. So who who's dealing with the vendor and then the buyer. Um, yeah, okay. So give me some numbers, just a rough ballpark. like. Oh, so like... Um, is it like 5% and then uh, from that 5%? Uh, 4% on the first 250 and then like 2% thereafter plus GST. Oh, yeah, so it does... Yeah, so it is tiered. doesn't um, cap, you're tiered. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's um, yeah, pretty standard. To, so it's it's 10,000 on the first um, 250 and then basically whatever else is 2% plus yeah. GST. So I mean, it's like... Okay, so if you sell a house for 250 and just say it's ten thousand dollars. How much that ten thousand do you actually pocket? Oh, if I list and sold, probably close to half. Yeah, but then if you have, say, if I bring somebody to the table and buy in your house, we'll have that. Yeah, basically half and half yeah. again. So then, how does commission that kind of splitting work between different companies? Say, lodge um, and you. So we have a we have what's called a conjunctional arrangement. So they get. Um, they get a twenty percent fee mm-hmm. um, of um, of their fee structure because mm-hmm. um, ours is slightly different. Um, ours is a little bit higher, um, but yeah, so they get they get twenty percent because they got a conjunctural arrangement. But a lot of the others, um, it's just basically fifty fifty. You get your you get your side if you sold it. Yeah, um, okay. you'd get the whatever the side is because they've yeah. all got a mutual understanding or yeah. a conjunctional arrangement. So everybody. Cool. All the agents are in a conjunction or arrangement. All all those agencies, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're, they're all different. We've all got different, you know, agreements with, with different companies. Um, some of them you don't have an agreement with, and you just yeah. get like a referral fee, um, which is which is the easiest way. If I give, like if I didn't, if I didn't have an official arrangement with you, you just pay me ten percent. Um, well, the, the company would pay my company ten percent for oh. giving you the buyer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> How do you structure your days? Um, obviously don't time chunk well no I don't time chunk well um, I um, it's something I'm working on like even just time chunking the year like planning holidays and things like that but um, like end of the day I do my reports to all my vendors so I, I send out all, all their daily reports just updating them what's happened obviously I want to incorporate as much of the day as I can um, first part of the day is re- normally reviewing any inquiries I've had overnight or um, anything from the next day I then deal with any of my buyers that I've got at the moment, like if there's new houses that have been listed or anything like that. Um, and then prospecting, like I chunk a lot of time for, you know, meetings, mm. coffee meetings with people, doing different things. Um, going through the listing websites, finding new stock, which then I can feed to my buyers or there might be private listings that I can mm. ring and see if they want to sell with me. <laughs> you know, checky things like that. But yeah, a lot of it's just having the time put aside to go meet with people, ring friends. So, so in the past I've looked at buying a house and... Agents like we've got these three houses. Go have a look. Did you do that as well? Yeah, do a little bit of that. Yeah, I don't do heaps at the moment because I want to try and get more listings. Um, but um, yeah, I'd more do it for obviously vendors and then, then mates then mm. actively working with yeah, yeah okay. with the buyers, I suppose. Social media is it worth it? I think so. I think it's worth it to. It's hard, like being relevant. I suppose. Like I mean. Um, for example, I put up a I put up sold stickers, you know, every week. I got 
I took a small video of my buyer putting up a salt sticker. Horrendous, actually, no, way better than I did. Yeah. Um, on one of my signs. And they got like 12,500 <laughs> views on my reel. Most of the other ones are like 1,000. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, this random one got 12. So I've got no understanding, yeah, real yeah, understanding yeah. of how it works. But this one just blew up. Yeah, but does that convert though for you? Um, oh, I mean, everything converts in a way. I suppose my name's out there further. Mm. You know, more people are looking at it. Mm. So I get that benefit. But. Um, I spend a little bit of money on social media, um, just doing bits and pieces and, you know... Uh, like adverts. Yeah, and putting putting everything up there and um, obviously all my properties go up on Facebook through different means and on social media through different means, but... Um, but you've been able to separate your personal to work? Yeah, I yeah. Kept, I've kept it separate. Uh, some people don't. Yeah, I've noticed uh, that. I don't see... I mean, there's pros and cons to both. Uh, like for me, I've... I've Got like a thousand followers or something on my personal one, which would have mm. been hugely beneficial just to whack it on there. But, but at the uh, same time, people don't yeah. want to so, know what you're doing is, is a job. I don't think there's a right or wrong way to mm. it. Uh, there's different ways to it, I suppose, is the easier way to look at it. Mm. Yeah, but no, you've got, you've got to do it. Uh, it's just an expectation now, right? So what is this burning wind of disaster that's driving you now? Is it disaster or is it just this internal fire that's uh, burning, oh, driving you? It's what, both, but I've... What's making you work hard? I've found, like, the internal desires come back to do... Yeah. Uh, like, you know, it obviously comes in ways. There's some days that I just don't can't feel like... Fucked. Yeah. Yep. Like, just <laughs> can't that. be fucking asked. Um, like, yesterday was one of them. I was still went into work and did it, but I was just like, I can't... I had a massive week last week, did, did work, but, you know, and then I know I've got to catch up on a few bits and pieces, and you're just thinking, shit, do I... Mm. I can't be bothered. Sun, sun's shining. I could be... It was my birthday. I was like, fuck, do I really want to go to work? Uh, went to work, but, you know, you, you still have those days. But, um, yeah, I found the internal... And because it's so competitive as well, I think helps me as a competitive person yeah. to, to show up. I was just going to ask that because, like, yeah, you're fighting for houses. You're fighting to sell. Yeah. It's just like hockey or sporting. is like yeah. you're, you're competing, eh? Oh, and every negotiation's you know, a battle. It's, it's fun yeah. dealing with parties and... Um, not only is it competitive, but you get to you get to help people out. Yeah. Like, I've got first first home buyers buying their first home, and they're so stoked. Like oh, fuck s- yeah. seeing how like happy they can be. I, I've had a young couple just buy a two bedroom unit in Norton, and they're like they're excited. They get to start their family, uh, and just yeah. such cool people. Uh, so I suppose a little story years ago, maybe five five years ago, I was dating a friend that you know, um, and we bought a house yeah. with their father. And um, then obviously I got out of that very soon after. But that person that sold us that house, I stayed in contact with her yeah. afterwards. And then when I was looking to buy a house, I went straight to her. Yeah. And she was the one that was showing me around. Yeah. So yeah, you, you get that flow and effect. So those people years down the track, they'll be wanting to upgrade. And they'll yeah. know exactly who to go to. Because yeah, there's hopefully. so many different people yeah. that you can actually sell your house. But the person who actually gave them the time of day, like you mentioned, yeah. actually giving you valuable time and showing that you actually care, they'll be like, sweet, I'm going back to him. Yeah. And that, that's what that's always been my goal is, is the referral part of it and repeat business like if mm. I can if I can do a good job for you you know your brother's you're going to tell your brother um, oh, yeah, I'd hope exactly. he knows me anyway but <laughs> you know you tell him and then your family and then you don't know who they know and yeah um, or someone would be like oh who did you use and it's like yeah. oh I'll use this person but, yeah and but, if you can be that you don't even have I don't suppose you even necessarily have to be you need to be good at your job but if I'd made you feel good 
Mm. Like if I'd given you a nice gift, for example, when you moved into your home, you might not have, you might have dealt with me for ten minutes, but you're going to remember. Actually, that guy gave me something. What do you do with gifts? Um, at the moment, I've got personalised native wood chopping boards. Yeah, so I bought a whole heap of them. Something different, and like I'd never wanted just to give something that um, just a bouquet of flowers, you know? Yeah, well, um, not even that. Just like a gift vouchers, you know. Boring. Like yeah. if I give them, a, you know, a nice native wood chopping board, they're going to use it every day for the next ten years. Fuck. I yeah. mean, I do the cheeky stuff. I've got the Bailey's logo embroidered on it. But um, yeah, yeah, it's something that you might not think of when you, you know, you move into your first home. Yeah. You've got your nice cheap plastic chopping boards from Kmart, and then you've got this actually practical. Proper, yeah, that's nice, fucking good. Um, and it, I rate that. Yeah, so I do that, and normally, you know, something else like like a bowl of gin, or I've got like this native. Gin from one of the uh, from Billy Mulligan's actually they, oh, they yeah. make their own gin during lockdown and they're yeah. selling it now which is real nice so I um, gave a bottle of that and a few other once businesses. again like supporting local in a way yeah so you know there's all all those good stuff but I tried and do I mean my first one was a was a like a the, the serving platter um, a, one of those wooden pizza with a knife um, and a couple of other bits and pieces and then some food to go with it was like practical stuff mm-hmm. that people can use and think of and Continue to use that. You don't have to go out and buy, and fuck rather yeah. than just like a you know ha- hamper, here's some f- yeah, no, fucking sh- like treats that. you might not yeah. like. Uh, yeah. So, what does the next chapter look like for you? Interesting, you say that, and I'll be honest. I there was a new, there was a job at New Zealand Hockey come up, um, so I literally like the other day, and I was like, shit, I could actually could do that. Like, I looked at that and. Uh, I've got mates over in America coaching hockey at the moment, getting paid good money, and I'm like, "Fuck, could I, you know, could I go over there and do that and try something different?" But no, I do love what I'm doing. I really, really enjoy it, and I, I could see me doing it for the next, you know, fifty years. Yeah, what am I? Twenty six? Maybe not that long. Maybe forty years. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's no, cool. Twenty seven now, is it? Oh, twenty seven. Yeah. Um, shit. Yeah, so I, I could. Yeah, I enjoy it. I want to do it. I want to be good at it. Um, yeah, that's the, the good thing. Is I, I want to be. I want to be friendly, I want to be generous, and I want to be good at what mm. I do. And I want people to use me because, you know, not because I'm going to achieve them a result that's exponential, but because they want to be friends, they mm. want to hang out, they want, you know, they want to use their biggest asset mm. and have someone help them along the way. You know? So that's my my driver to Just do sticking it. sticking around Hamilton? Yeah, I suppose. I have to live, live the dream here for another 40 years. Going to be a ambassador then? You won't see me running for council or anything like that, mate. No, no interest. <laughs> nah, I don't mean it like that. It's the between TVs, fellas. Yeah. They talk about it. Um, leave us with the words of wisdom or quote for our listeners. Um, ju- I, I have to radiate just good things come to generous people. Mm. Like, be generous with your time. Be generous with, you know, if you can, with your finances. And just be generous with happiness. Like, no, to a certain extent, though, because you don't want to be people pleasing. Yeah, yeah. But the simple, th- even just down the simple thing is smiles are contagious. Fuck. You never know what people are going through. And that is. It's so not true. hard to, you know, if, if you're generous, giving out four hundred smiles a day to people who might not feel like smiling. I run past so many people these days, eh? And like the yeah. people that like smile, whatever. It's like, yeah, man, you keep on yeah. running. You're in a good mindset. When you go past someone who like, like purposefully doesn't look at you and yeah. shit, you're like. Oh, what the fuck is their problem? And I, I sometimes feel faces. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> even even the simple thing like this morning, every single person you walk past would say good morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Sets thought, you up, eh? Yeah, and like, in the morning, win the day. Yeah, this is this is good. And it's not something, you know, you see everything so negative at the moment. And then every time I've been around the lake, there's one guy that we've seen for the last four days around the lake, and he's always high, always smiling, always waving. Like, it's just like, that's a cool dude. High as in drugs high? or nah, just, oh, you know, yeah, okay. always high, always yeah, waving. High, high vibes. Yeah, and just yeah. running around with a smile on his face to everyone. Fuck you. Yeah, you know, that's cool. There's not actually... There's shit going on that's always bad, but... Because even just as simple as seeing someone in, like, a really cheerful mood and jumping around, yeah. you're like, oh, what's that, what's that person on? Yeah. Well, like, you've got to change your mindset, eh? Yeah, and as you say, you walk past someone who's not smiling, you're like, freak out, bitch, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like... I, I think another one is, one of the most awkward things is, like, if you went to school or university with somebody or played rugby with them, yeah. and you walk past it, and you just... All you need to do is smile and, hey, just keep on walking, like... Yeah. If you act like you're gonna keep on walking, not stop, it's fine. And they just completely annoy you and ignore <laughs> you, and you're just like, yeah, "Wow, I do know you, dickhead." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So okay, I just wanted to say hi and keep on walking. I don't want to know your whole life story. Yeah. Uh, mine this week is a life of purpose is built on the bricks of actions, not words. I like it. That just it's pretty straightforward. Eh? It's just you can say a lot of things, you can do a lot of empty promises, but it's actually the work that you put in. Converting sales, shit like that. Extra time and your hockey yeah. people and that, whatnot. Mate, thanks for having me. Oh, mate, it was a privilege. It's good to catch up with you again. Sun's shining. Good Twilight to, uh, Golf starting at Nautapuri very soon. Thursdays, eh? Next next week, I think. Yeah, I'm not so, here on Thursdays. No, I'm in Melbourne. You need to come back. Wednesdays, Thursdays. What? Oh, Summer I, sport. I do two days a week, so yeah, I yeah, can do Wednesdays, Thursdays. And then you can play cricket and golf. No, I've already given up my position, though. Unfortunately, I could be this sober driver. Nice. Few of them definitely need it. That's boring. <laughs> Come play for us. I'll put you in our team, mate. One staff, they eleven. Is that one staff team? Because they're all these hockey boys, most of them, eh? yeah. all golfing. Because yeah. you're fucking sharp, eh? Yeah, we try. I'm not. I'm a spastic. But... Oh, mate, have you seen me play? <laughs> 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 fucking useless. Now, thank you so much for your time. Valuable time. Most expensive one yet. Nah. <laughs> Um, yeah cheers for everybody listening I hope you got something out of this Uh, stay tuned for more